Fellas, fellas, how's it going? My name's Austin Abbott. Welcome in. This is Fade Consensus Podcast. Welcome in. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Happy Friday. I'm off work at 1 o'clock on Friday, fellas. 1 o'clock. Hopefully, hopefully I'm hammered later tonight. Not hopefully, definitely, I should say. Fellas, I bought a big-ass king-size mattress last night, man. It's the first bed I've ever purchased in my entire life. It is beautiful. I absolutely love it. It's coming in on the 31st. At the at the end of this month, I can't wait, man. Uh, I bought a big, big base underneath it, too. I'm very excited. I told y'all, I'm trying to start a YouTube account very soon. Uh, next purchase will be a desk. Hopefully, that's in a week or two, man. I'm just looking for the right one right now. Again, we're trying to kick off Fade Consensus' YouTube account before the season begins, right? Before the season begins. Today, we're going to continue going over my running back rankings. I released my rankings two or three days ago now. First day, we hit running backs one through six. The next day, we hit running backs seven through 12. Today, we're breaking down six more running backs. We're talking my RB13 through RB18. The first running back we're talking about today, my RB13 overall, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's one of the most polarizing. He he's so he's so tough to gauge. There's so much you can say about this player. Listen, I put out a tweet the other day, man, three days ago. Joe Mixon average in 2020. Here we go. 20.2 carries, 4.6 targets per game when healthy. Okay. Giovanni Bernard, who's now with Tampa Bay, averaged 3.2 targets per game with Mixon healthy last four years. That's 24.8 touches, almost 25 touches per game when healthy last year. Multiply that number by 17 games. Joe Mixon app. Joe Mixon was on pace. His average would have been 421 total touches. I'm coming out swinging today, man. I'm, I'm hitting you guys with the big fucking facts right out of the gate, man. Joe Mixon, 421 touches. That would have been 21st most all time by, by any running back in the history of the NFL. That, that would have been first in the entire NFL last season. I'm just trying to put things into perspective for y'all. Let you know that no matter... Listen, listen, listen. Joe Mixon next season, if he's bad, he's still going to be very good for fantasy purposes. If Joe Mixon is good, he's going to be phenomenal for fantasy purposes. Period. That's what you need, you need to remember because Joe Mixon is going to get such an outrageous amount of volume, man. As, as, you know, as bearing an injury, man, as long as he's healthy. Two things to keep in mind. Volume is king. I always, I always say volume is king. So is durability. Right now, Mixon is currently my RB13. And, and consensus, I'm in full agreement with them. They have they have Mixon as well as the RB13 overall. Joe Mixon last season, in the games that he played, was RB6 on a per-game basis. Last year, he was also RB3 overall when it came to total touches before he left, right? RB3 at the time. And Giovanni Bernard is now in Tampa, Tampa Bay, man. He's out of town. I've never been a Joe Mixon guy until this season, and the reason I and I the reason I am a Joe Mixon guy is just because of how everything has fallen into place, man. The situation. Um, I've never been head over heels for the player, and like I low key, dude, I I should be right because he's got good measurables, college production, draft cap, landing spot, NFL production. He's he's dude. Joe Mixon actually has it all. It's just the, the thing is, I just I don't know, man. I was never a fan of him, and like. He balled out the first two years, and, and yes, the past two seasons, he's been banged up. I get it. I get it. But this offseason, I needed RB depth, so I went out, and I, I got Joe Mixon for a single first-round pick, and, and I feel like I just I stole, man. I feel like I stole from the other GM because Joe Mixon today is definitely worth more than a single first-round pick in the future. I'm sorry. It's not the last two years that he's been banged up. It's just been this past season. So, so he played 14 games as a rookie, which is awesome. He played 14 games his sophomore season. Awesome. He played 16 games his third year. And then this past season, he played six. 
So he had only missed four games in his first three seasons, right? He, Joe Mixon has been super, super healthy, super healthy, and, and he's just been a great NFL running back overall. Dude, I saw I saw a tweet, and, and dude, I, Twitter's so good, man, sometimes. Twitter shouldn't be free. Listen to this. And this is a weird analogy, but listen. A good running back with a bad offensive line is like going to Chick-fil-A and having a bad customer service, okay? So so you rarely see it, and, and it's hard to believe that it even exists, but but I'm still going to Chick-fil-A, right? I'm still gonna I'm still going all the time. I love Chick-fil-A. This is like a Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley type of tweet, okay? These these are running backs with bad offensive lines. You're still going to Chick-fil-A. You're still drafting these running backs. Does that make sense? You're still drafting these players, man. Could your experience at Chick-fil-A been a little bit better? Sure. Could Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, C-Max, Saquon Barkley, all those guys, could their situation be a little bit better? Sure, but you're still going there. You're still drafting them. They're still going to succeed, man. You're still happy. You keep coming back. No, I can't take credit for that tweet. That's a, that's a fire tweet. Joe Mixon as the RB13 overall just doesn't feel right, man. Like, like he should be higher. He should be a top 10 running back this year, 100%. The reason I don't have him as a top 10 running back, it, it really comes down to me factoring durability, not the best offensive line, and honest to God, maybe like hit Joe Mixon just not being super efficient, right? But again, like even if Joe Mixon is not efficient, he's still going to be a good fantasy running back this year. He's one of the safest. Yes, I'm using the word safe and Joe Mixon in the same sense. Joe Mixon is one of the safest running back twos you can have this season, man. He is one of the safest second round picks you can have. I mean that. Joe Mixon's volume alone will make him safe. If Joe Mixon is efficient and he's, I mean, look, man, you pray every player's healthy. If Joe Mixon is efficient, he, dude, he has like top six, top seven running back upside. He does, and it's just because volume, man. Figure he's getting 380-plus touch. I don't expect him to get 421 touches again. I, I know he didn't have 421 touches. I'm saying that's what his pace was. But but let's let's be realistic. Joe Mixon can still very easily ha- come away with like 380-plus touches next season. And, and look, man, if he's remotely efficient, this kid is going to pop. He's one of the safest second-round picks. Remember that. Remember that. Giovanni Bernard is literally out of town. Hit the biggest thorn in his, in his side, man. That that is gone. That is over with. He's out of town. It is wheels up for Joe Mixon. And and the best part is, man, Joe Burrow healthy. Joe Burrow healthy. That Cincinnati offense is going to be clicking, man. They're going to be on fire. They're going to be money. Jamar Chase, dude, going to be so exciting. I love T. Higgins. Sorry, Tyler Boyd. Fellas, Joe Mixon, one of the safest second-round picks this season. I'm all over Joe Mixon in every single league this year. Dynasty, that's a different story. Fellas, redraft, I love, love Joe Mixon. My RB14, Austin Eckler. This is a player like three years ago I picked up off of waivers in Dynasty. I sold him for a first and a second. Maybe, maybe sold him like a little low, man. I don't know. I don't know. I was happy, though. I was really happy to get a first and a second for someone off of waivers. Crazy. Crazy what can happen in Dynasty. Back in 2019, Austin Eckler was the RB4 in PPR with only 132 carries, 132 carries and three rushing touchdowns. Melvin Gordon that same year had 162 carries and eight rushing touchdowns, 42 receptions in the 12 games that he played that season. Last season, Austin Eckler in the games that he was healthy was eighth in half point PPR. Doing a little bit of cherry picking here, fellas. Doing a little bit of cherry picking. And I don't mean to like... Like, like, bring out really, really unique stats. But but at the end of the day, Austin Eckler is a very talented, very good, very proven NFL running back, especially for fantasy purposes. 
Let me just come out and say I like Austin Eckler a hell of a lot more in redraft than I do in Dynasty. In Dynasty, I'm worried. Dude's been super healthy just about his entire career, though. 16 games as a rookie, 14 games, 16 games, and then last year he missed six, okay? Last season he missed six games. But real quick, let's talk about Austin Eckler's upside, right? His upside. He's seen over 100 targets. He had 108 target season, 92 receptions. He's done that, right? That's in the past. He had a 993-yard receiving season as a running back. This is the type of upside that Austin Eckler has. And I'll tell you what, man, I love, I absolutely love that he's tied up, he's paired up with Justin Herbert. That has saved, Justin Herbert has single-handedly come to the Chargers and saved Austin Eckler's value, okay? He has saved him, man. He went from an old, crippled, not su- not successful Philip Rivers to a young stud, one of the best slinging quarterbacks in the entire NFL, man. Justin Herbert is already elite. Justin Herbert is a top six dynasty quarterback. And Austin Eckler, who's slipping very quickly in dynasty, still has a very high value for redraft purposes. Austin Eckler was tied for fifth in receptions and literally missed six games. Austin Eckler averaged 5.4 receptions per game, okay? You times that by the six games that he missed and you add on to, to what he already had. Fellas, Austin Eckler would have had the most receptions in the entire NFL last season if he was healthy. That was his pace. His pace was 86 and a half receptions. Alvin Kamara led the league with 83. After Alvin Kamara with 83, you have J.D. McKissick with 80, and then you have a giant drop-off, Naeem Hines, 63. Look, the Chargers line is getting better. Justin Herbert is going to be under center and, and make that offense so fluid, so successful, man. If Austin Eckler can have like 800 yards or close to 1,000 yards on the ground, dude, you better believe this kid is going to be a top 12 running back this year. I know I have him as my RB13. This kid could be a top 12. This kid, this kid could be a top 10 running back. Because he has such a high ceiling due to his ability to catch passes. It is plain and simple. He's not the sexy pick. You know, he's not the swaggy pick. Like, no one really cares for Austin Eckler. Again, it's it's almost like Aaron Jones, man. Like, people just, like, don't care about them. But but they're great players, man. They're, they're great for fantasy purposes. And, and again, Austin Eckler, healthy. Justin Herbert, healthy. Offensive line getting better. Fellas, so much makes sense. Austin Eckler's going to catch an outrageous amount of balls. Dude. What it really comes down to, man, is if he can, one, stay healthy, and two, if he if he's efficient when it comes to running the football and he scores a lot of touchdowns, right? He never finds the end zone. Like, like he's not one of those guys like Derrick Henry or Alvin Kamara or Dalvin Cook, you know, where they always score, always score. Austin Eckler, to put things in perspective, has nine rushing touchdowns in four seasons. Nine, okay? He has... 16 receiving touchdowns, however, okay? He averages four a season. All in all, Austin Eckler doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. That's the biggie, man. If he can fall in the end zone a lot this season, you know, and I think it's very possible because the Chargers offense is going to be better. Like I said with Justin Herbert, it's going to be better. If he does score a lot of touchdowns, and he gets a little bit better at rushing. You know, you know, he's always been efficient, man. But but if he gets more volume, I should say, with rushing, he dude, he's gonna be a good pick this year. He's gonna be very, very good. And final thing I'm gonna mention: the Chargers didn't bring anyone in, man. They brought nobody. Larry Roundtree, whatever, whatever his last name is, weirdest name I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, Larry Roundtree, R O U N T R E E, dude. Who who names their baby that? Like what? Fellas, the volume's going to be there for Austin Eckler. Man, as long as he's healthy, he's going to be a great pick this season. That's all I got to say, fellas. Austin Eckler, great pick. If if you own him in Dynasty, listen for a hot sec. If you own Austin Eckler in Dynasty, do me a favor. Please, please, for the love of God, go sell him.
Go sell him right now. Literally get on your iPhone right now. Do me a favor. Go sell. And I'm sorry. You you wait a few months, man. You you go win a ring with him. You, you can go do that, man. Or or you go sell him midseason. Just please sell Austin Eckler at top dollar some point between midseason or right after you win a ring with him. Please, because he's gonna be 27. And I, I just I don't believe in Austin Eckler long term. Chargers also have potential out of his contract after the season. Dude, things can get ugly quick, but but look, redraft. Wheels up, baby. Wheels up. We love Austin Eckler and Redraft. Positivity, fellas. Good vibes. Positivity. That's what we're, that's what we're bringing on the pod. And you know who we're talking about next? We're going to give some good vibes to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, my RB15. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, high key, is like a very difficult player not to like, okay? And, and I mean that not to like, okay? A lot of people want to rip on Clyde. A lot of people don't like him. A lot of people don't think he's good at football. Clyde flat out stunk the final 10 games of the year, man. He stunk. But let's be positive, right? Let's talk. Let, let, I'm going to hit you guys with some numbers, okay? Let's let's take a step back. Everybody, relax. Do me a favor. Just listen. No, no opinions, no thoughts, no questions, no comments. Just numbers right now. Here we go. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I'm going to hit you with a lot of numbers. Pay attention. J- just listen. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 13 games as a rookie. 13 games. Finished as... Running back, 22. 22. 181 rushing attempts. 803 rushing yards. 4.4 yards per carry. Four rushing touchdowns. That number's going up. 54 targets. Low-key, not bad at all. 36 receptions. 297 receiving yards. One receiving touchdown. Five total touchdowns in 13 games. You know what's outrageously improved this season? The Kansas City Chiefs offensive line. You know who got spanked in the Super Bowl, has a giant chip on their shoulder? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, man, preseason's really stupid, but Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 10 of the 11 total running back snaps in the first two drives. Darrell Williams, the only competition that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has now that Le'Veon Bell is gone. Darrell Williams, this is what he's done in three years. He's finished his RB 96 as a rookie, 63 and 74. Darryl Williams is irrelevant. Yes, they have Jarek McKinnon and Darwin Thompson. They are both irrelevant. I know I was just ranting about how much volume Joe Mixon is going to get this year, but fellas, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is literally going to be right there too, man, but he's actually on a very, very good offense, like a proven offense year in and year out with Patrick Mahomes, right? The uh, the, um, Cincinnati Bengals offense isn't proven just yet, man. We love Joe Burrow. We love the weapons around him, but they haven't been good yet, right? Joe Burrow, you know, banged up in his rookie season. This year, they look forward to taking the big leap. Fellas, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is already plugged into an established, young, successful, proven offense. You guys ever just stop for a second and think, maybe we were all a year early on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? No, 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 really. Stop and think about this for a second, okay? So he was a first-round pick last season. Now, he still may be a fringe RB1, but you can get him in the third round. He may still be a late RB1, man. He may be a late RB1, but you can get him so much cheaper for redraft. Early on in the season, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was on pace for over 300 total touches, right? And, and this was before they brought in Le'Veon Bell. And, and Le'Veon Bell and Damian Williams, they're both gone, man. There is a small percentage, not even a small percentage, there, there's an actual chance that, that uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could have over 300 total touches. That number could increase. That would not surprise me at all because there's no competition, man. He has nobody around him. And fellas, the departure of Sammy Watkins means one thing. I think low-key, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire could have a much higher target share with his departure. 
He was drafted in the first round, man. Great draft cap, great college resume, great college production. Already okay NFL production, right? And 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 listen, listen, listen. 50 receptions. Remember that number. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will have more than 50 receptions this season. That's not a hot take, man. You look at his numbers last season. He was, he was close to having that. You know, he had 36 receptions off of 54 targets. He's going to have over 50 receptions, man. I'm telling you, when you factor in... How frequently he's going to be utilized, his snap percentage, the Kansas City's offense just just doing what they always do, which is succeed. They always kill the clock. They're always on the field, man. They're always scoring, marching, driving. Again, I completely agree with consensus on this, man. We both have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as our RB15 overall. And keep in mind, last year, every single running back that had 200-plus rushing attempts and 40-plus receptions, they all finished as top 10 running backs. Top 10. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is currently RB15, according to Consensus and myself. Fellas, you can make a strong argument. I can make a strong argument right now. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is being drafted at his floor. He has immense upside in this Kansas City Chiefs offense, man. And he only had five total touchdowns in 13 games on the best offense in the entire NFL, man. If those touchdowns go up, not if, they're going to go up, man. I'm done ranting about CH, fellas. You know how I feel. He's he's a great value. He's probably better than RB15. That's where I have him. My RB16 on the year, David Montgomery, the Lord and Savior, the man that literally came down. God sent him on planet Earth, sent him down from heaven onto planet Earth and said, Austin, we're going to plug this guy into your roster every single week, the final six weeks of the season. He's going to give you 20-plus fantasy points. I said, God... Thank you so much. David Montgomery, I love you. I will forever be grateful for you helping me win a ring this season. Dude was a legend, man. Legend. Talk about the epitome of a league winner. Talk about showing up when you needed him most. But Austin, his schedule was weak. Come on, dude. Stop. He still got it done, man. He still got it done. He still did what he should have done every single week. The final six weeks, 20-plus fantasy points. Look, David Montgomery. Everybody thought it was a cool thing to fade David Montgomery after, after... He popped off, right? After his season ended, after he was RB4, everyone said, sell high, sell high, sell high. Well, guess what? I did, man. I sold him for a first-round pick, and I regret it, man. It's the only off-season trade, the only trade I made this whole off-season that I was not happy with, man. And, and like, I didn't get fleeced, man. I didn't get fleeced, but but did I win the trade? Nah, I think I lost. I, I 100% think I lost that trade. David Montgomery's a good player, man. Good, good redraft running back, good dynasty running back, good NFL running back, good player all around. David Montgomery has, has, it's like the, the momentum is changing, man. All of a sudden people are realizing like, we need to stop, just stop fading this kid. Let's just draft this kid. Cause he's actually good at football, right? He's good at football. And, and the biggie, the biggie, I think the number one thing, man, is the fact that Tariq Cohen is having a, I guess like a slow recovery process. I should say, man, I wish him the best. I hope the best for him and his family. I hope he has a speedy recovery. But it looks like it's been pretty slow. From from what I've been reading, man, Matt Nagy wants to give David Montgomery as many touches as possible, like 25 touches a game. And I'm just like, dude, if Justin Fields comes in now and, and this kid, David Montgomery, is getting more volume and Tariq Cohen's not recovering well, all of a sudden, dude, so much makes sense for David Montgomery to be very, very good for fantasy purposes. So much makes sense. I don't know, man. Like, it's simple. I don't think you should overthink it. The Bears' offensive line is definitely definitely going to be a lot better next season. And, again, he was he was with Mitch Trubisky. Again, like, like don't overthink it. I think he's going to be a solid running back, too, this season. I have him as RB16, so I think you're going to be very happy after you draft David Montgomery. And, and you can get him as, like, your third running back this season. No problem. 
Underdog has uh has David Montgomery as their RB eighteen. They have him as the four point oh two. That means you can get, you can draft David Montgomery in the fourth round. That's crazy because he was the fourth running back overall last season, and he's going in the fourth round. Man, no one's putting respect on his name at all. Nobody. David Montgomery is one of my can't-miss players last season. I drafted him in every single league, and he blessed me in every single league, man. He saved my butt. I'm going to wrap up David Montgomery pretty quick. Uh, there were So there were two sides of David Montgomery in 2020. Before the bye, six games without Tariq Cohen, he averaged 14.7 carries, five targets, 71 total yards, and one total touchdown. That was an average of 12.2 PPR points per game. After the bye, the final six games of the year, he averaged 19.3 carries, 4.5 targets, 137 total yards, almost double the yardage, and eight total touchdowns. His average was 25.8 fantasy points per game. Again, that is a night and day difference, but I think this really stems from him just simply getting more volume, right? And, and not only him getting more volume, but yes, the defenses that he played, they were very weak, very easy to schedule. Everything made sense. David Montgomery was very hot at the end of the year. I, I think he's a great value, man. David Montgomery's the type of guy that he just, I think he's bust proof at his current ADP because he's looked at his RB18, man, and he was RB4 last year. He has an upgrade at quarterback. Tariq Cohen is still recovering very slowly. Matt Nagy wants to give him 25 plus rushing attempts per game. That doesn't include the uh, targets. He may have 30 touches a game. I mean, he's not going to have 30 touches a game. I'm just saying, like, like you never know, dude. But, but look. David Montgomery, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, remember David Montgomery at his current ADP, RB18, he is bust-proof. He cannot finish as worse than RB18 this year. Remember that. That is that is the God's honest truth. Like, even if David Montgomery stinks this year, man, he's going to be RB15, 16, 17, 18. And guess what? That is where you drafted him at RB, you know, his ADP is RB18. So you will not be disappointed with drafting him at the absolute worst. He just lives up to his current ADP, okay? He's not going to finish worse than that. Therefore, you can you can call David Montgomery a quote-unquote safe pick this season at his current ADP. A very safe pick. Just remember, you don't finish at RB4 on accident. It doesn't happen on accident. David Montgomery is very good at football. Very, very, very good. All right, two more running backs, then we're wrapping it up. We're getting out of here, fellas. It's getting late. It is almost midnight, man. Dude, I just I just spent a lot of a lot of time looking at beds and uh fellas, it's a big purchase, man. Big purchase and and I just had to get things right, man. I had to go big. Got a uh, king-size mattress. I'm so excited, man. I I'm just I'm pumped, dude. I'm pumped. Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs. Hear me out, fellas. 23 years old, RB8 last season. RB8, and it's like nobody cares. Nobody likes Josh Jacobs. Because one man by the name of Kenyon Drake, who's never been, what, he's never cracked a thousand rushing yards. Everybody, everybody do me a favor, man. Pump the brakes. Relax. Kenyon Drake never crushed a thousand yards. Why is he going to stop 23-year-old RB8 Josh Jacobs all of a sudden? Why is everybody, like, like the fade, here's what I'm going to say. The fade for Josh Jacobs, it's gone too far. Josh Jacobs, good measurables, 5 foot 10. First round pick, 24th overall out of Alabama. Very good at Alabama, 23 years old. Again, fellas, this is a kid. He's got it all. He has it all. The only thing he may not have is an ideal situation all of a sudden, but his ADP is 58 overall. He was the RB8 last year. Why is his ADP 58? Back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons? Does that? Do you guys not like that? Right now, he is the pick 5'10". He is almost a sixth-round pick. He was the 23rd running back. Dude, this is what I'm talking about. The fade has gone way too far, man. I have him as my RB17. 
Let me hit you all with some pros and cons real quick. Pros for 2021. The Raiders' offense is a bit underrated. They were top 10 last year, their offense, in just about every single metric you could imagine. That does not sound accurate. It is. Go look it up. The Raiders' offense was clicking last year, man. They were good. Um, He gets plenty of scoring chances with this, right? Josh Jacobs, that is, gets plenty of scoring opportunities because this offense is, I'm telling you, it's going to be better than you think. They They were top 10 in every metric last season. I think he low-key may have a high floor, you know, in the sense that he's going to rush for a 1,000-plus yards again, right, because he's done it back-to-back seasons, and they have he has seven rushing touchdowns back-to-back years as well. Fellas, high pedigree, as in first-round pick, right? Raiders are invested in him. Raiders care. Raiders Raiders are likely going to extend him. They, they have invested a lot of draft cap into him. They love this player. You can literally get him at the 5-10. Like, you can get him almost in the 6th round, man. 5-10 turn, end of the 5th round. Just, just it shouldn't, the fade has gone way, way too far. But here's some of the cons, man. He's not utilized in the pass game, right? He has fewer than 50 targets in both seasons. Vegas weirdly paid Kenyon Drake, so, and paid, like, more than I thought. So, so you know, might be more of a timeshare backfield. That's the big argument a lot of people have. That's why they have him as their RB23. I have him as my RB17. Offensive line got a bit got a lot worse, man. This is the biggest con ever. Like, like I get Kenyon Drake was a giant con, but like this is also neck and neck. Their offensive line is terrible. It has gotten so much worse. That's what worries me, man. The ceiling on how great a car-led offense can be is, is another con, right? Because I mean it's Derek Carr, man. Derek Carr has never he's been serviceable. He's been good. He's been decent at times. He's never been great. He's never been elite. He'll never be a top-tier quarterback. That's Derek Carr, man. He's never going to be good enough to win a Super Bowl. And, and look, this is not a bet that I'm willing to make, but if Josh Jacobs wants to be a top-12 running back, he's likely... The, the path for him to do so is, is going to be one of two things. One, him scoring 10-plus rushing touchdowns, or two, him catching a lot of passes, okay? And the rushing touchdown seems a lot more inevitable, a lot more likely, right? I don't expect him to be a top 12 running back. I fully do not expect that to happen. Um, but but the passes, man, that's something that really has to go up. If you want Josh Jacobs to be a top tier running back, it's got to be the passes, man. It has to be. It's got to be more receptions because he just hasn't been getting it done in the passing game. Jacobs had over 300 total touches last year, man. He had 273 rushing attempts alone, which is incredible. Fellas, I love Josh Jacobs as like a late RB2, you know, low low upside, right? High, kind of like a high floor, low upside, right? That That's what I see. And again, you can get this kid in almost the sixth round. So incredible, incredible value. If, if you skip the running backs early in the draft, this is a great player that you can plug in every single week and you're going to be kind of content, right? Content is a word that, that I like to use. Um, you're not going to be like thrilled or over overjoyed. You'll be you'll be okay. You know he'll be more than serviceable. Last player we're talking about today. Then we're getting out of here. Chris Carson, six foot, two hundred twenty pound. Chris Carson. You know he was drafted in the seventh round, the thirty first pick. His current ADP forty overall. Forty overall, fellas. Underdog has him ranked as the RB nineteen. He's my RB eighteen. Very very close. Here's what you need to know, man. Carson is locked in as the Seattle Seahawks starting running back. So the team will not expose him to injury in, you know, in the first or second or, or third preseason game this season. He's not going to play much at all. And I'll be straight up. I'll be blunt with you all. Chris Carson remains the lone producer in this backfield. Okay. The Seattle Seahawks running back Chris Carson. 
He's been one of the best values in the NFL over the last three years for, for, for fantasy purposes, and he was rewarded with a new contract this offseason. Now he stands alone in the Seahawks' backfield that lacks a consistent, like a consistent threat behind him, right? There's no good second running back. Rashad Penny, get out of here, man. You're a bust. You're a bust, brother. Other players on the roster have mostly been guys like... Some players that have, you know, filled in during an injury or, you know, when when Carson, when Chris Carson was banged up, you know, uh, Carson figures to see a very big workload this season. I, I really believe it. Like, you got Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas. Those are some few, like, key names in the backfield. But, but look, man, with, with Carson's extension now in place, I mean, they're, they're likely delegated to backup roles for this offseason or for this season, rather. And the extension that Carson signed, man, it was like five months ago, right? It was several months back. Um, it was a two-year deal, $14.6 million. Not like an astro- not a massive deal, but it's a deal that's, that Seattle says, hey, look, we like what you've done for us. We're going to extend you for a few more years. We want you to con- continue to do that. We're going to continue to give you the keys. We're going to continue to let you do you. Um, Chris Carson had a career high 4.8 yards per carry, 37 catches and nine touchdowns in 12 games for Seattle last season. Okay. But the combination of injuries and, and Carlos Hyde cut into his overall rushing attempts, 141. I mean, Carson has been safe, man. He's been RB 19, 12 and 16 the past three years. And for me to have him at RB 18, like it just feels right. Like he just feels like he's exactly where he belongs, man. And something I'm going to end on for Chris Carson, man, in 2018 and 2019, he had 1,150 rushing yards, 1,230. And then this most recent year, the past year, he had an even higher yards per carry, all the way up to 4.8 yards per carry. Yes, he got hurt. He missed four games. He was on pace to have more rushing yards, man. Chris Carson, very good player, underrated, underappreciated. And he's probably going to be a late RB2 that you can get, you know, much later than you should. Similar to Josh Jacobs, but but he's he's not being faded as hard as Josh Jacobs. Does that make sense? Fellas, it's Friday. We're getting out of here. Y'all, I appreciate y'all. I love y'all. Thank you guys for listening to Fade Consensus Podcast every single day. My name's Austin Abbott. Fellas, let's have some good, good vibes. Some some big energy, man. Some really big energy. Everybody, have a great day. Go go get drunk, man. Shoot me a DM. Send me. Let me know what y'all are drinking, fellas. I love y'all. Get out of here. Peace.